training, mindset, integrity, incremental improvement. What can you do better today? Start right here with the Pendola Project. This is the Pendola Project. I'm your host, Matt Pendola. And I am Jake Parker. This is episode 23 on Anxiety Matt. And I've got to tell you, man... I'm a little anxious right now because on the way over here, literally, you and I both just witnessed a little fender bender and got me all freaked out. Yeah, man. I mean, we witnessed a kid who did not have his seatbelt on in that accident. And I don't mind saying if I offend any listeners, I really don't care. Why wouldn't you as a parent have your child strapped in, especially this day and age when we're always dealing with all this texting and driving. I can't say for sure, but I would bet good money that they were rear-ended because that lady was on her phone. I didn't see it, but I've seen it before. And it just doesn't make sense with that accident we just saw that she wouldn't see that that car was taking a left unless she was looking down, unless she wasn't looking forward. I see it way too often to believe that it was something else. So I agree with you, man. So anyway, that got me all stressed out. So that's a perfect intro to our topic today, which is anxiety and how to deal with it. Because anxiety doesn't have to be this horrible, scary thing that it is to a lot of people, sometimes myself included, but it's really a natural process. So we want to talk about focusing on what to do about it. Yeah, anxiety can equal excitement if we see it the right way. And a key thing is we want to look at how we can express that confidence in the future without allowing our minds to worry about it. And there's one very common path to high performance, but there's many paths to mediocrity. So we're going to talk about the steps we can take to believe, to achieve, to gain confidence and get rid of the woulda, coulda, shoulda's in our lives. Let's get out of that mediocrity and onward forward to success, our process to success, Jake. And when you're done listening to this, you will have some practical tips that you can use and walk away with and implement into your own life. We want to help you get your process success on the right path. And here's how, guys. Hello, Matt Pendola. We're here today to talk about anxiety. And Matt, I'm anxious about talking about anxiety. Makes you nervous? It makes me so nervous talking about my anxiety. And I know that in order to solve it, I have to look it in the eye. And that makes me anxious again. (laughs) Well, I tell you what, I think this is a great subject because whether or not we are feeling anxious at the moment. Hopefully when we're listening to this podcast, it's something we look forward to. And maybe that is a spark in our day to get motivated and to listen and learn, understand, verify what we can do to get incrementally better today. But getting through anxiety is part of everyone's even daily ritual, I think, Jake. I know it is for me and for lots of the people that I talk to, yeah. And some of them are more aware of it than others. I think a lot of people are going through their lives without even really realizing it. There's a lot of stress in life in general. We have to be ready to deal with life's challenges. And there's days I am not ready. I'm not feeling 100%. What Mm -hmm. about you? Absolutely. And I mean, I've had probably two of them this week, but... 
I've learned through experimentation that there are ways to deal with it. And those stresses, that's life, man. I wouldn't really like it if those weren't there. So what kind of stress do we deal with normally, Jake, that we feel like we can help our listeners overcome? Ooh, for me, I would say social anxieties. You know, when I was you know, single and dating, meeting new people, that was always an anxious moment for me. Um, dealing with other bosses that I have and people that I work with, sometimes that will make me anxious. Maybe I don't feel like I'm performing up to my full potential. That adds to my anxiety. Are you single? Not anymore. Does that make you anxious? Because you could... Yes. Are you going to get married? I don't even want to think about that. I'm 28, Matt. So that makes you anxious. Yeah, that does make me anxious. And I'm actually going to go meet her family in Christmas time. Ooh. Yeah. So talk about anxiety, man. I got to get on a plane, go to a city I've never been to before to meet her family. Are you good enough to meet her family? Aren't you a loser? Well, I mean, my expectations for myself are pretty low at this point. (laughs) (laughs) So what I'm trying to get to is even good things that are happening. Anxiety comes in many forms and something that we really look forward to. That's part of our process to feel anxiety, even for the things that we're excited about. Right. And I am excited about this. It's a good kind of stress. Yes, I'm anxious about it, but like we've talked about in past podcasts, like in our episode 20 about the learning log, I'm anxious because I care. Yeah. But are you a good man, Jake? Obviously. Do you treat your girlfriend well? Her parents are going to be amazed with me. Well, I doubt that, but... Me too. So, Jake, when you meet her parents, they're probably going to be pretty happy just that you're nice, clean-cut young man. Oh, thanks, man. Well-spoken, uh-huh. sort of. Sure. And, of course, they just want somebody who's going to treat their daughter well. And that's kind of my point is a lot of times when we're getting really anxious, I think that we're striving for perfection or we're putting something onto a pedestal where it doesn't exist. Yeah. And I think for me, meeting her father has a lot of uh, to do with that. I hear he's a pretty buff guy and maybe my arms aren't quite as big as I want them to be. Maybe I don't make quite as much money every year as I want to and he's going to have some kind of expectation for me. But like you always say, Matt, compared to what? Right. And so what if you're not making, I don't know, in this case, a certain income yet? Or, yet. Or even ever. I mean, you have a good quality about you that your girlfriend is proud to show off to her parents. And I'm sure that you're going to impress them by just being genuine, by being yourself. And you're making your way in life, just like her father once did too. So I like to remind myself sometimes that whoever it is that I might be anxious around, Well, put yourself into their shoes. They were in your position in life at one time, too. They understand what it's like. I think they're just probably, her parents are probably looking more towards what kind of a man you are. And that's all about what's inside. It's not about what you have in the bank account or what kind of hoity-toity position that you have in life, right? Well, I hope so. Otherwise, I'm going to be the one who has the problem. Right. (laughs) 
Yeah, so whatever it is that you're anxious about, maybe you don't have to go meet your girlfriend's family at Christmas this year. Congratulations. But whatever it is that you deal with, just know that it's perfectly normal. Yeah, being anxious is a part of your normal alarm system. It lets you know that you have to be ready or prepared, but also excited for the challenges that you have in your life. But that's a good thing if you see it that way. And what can we learn from anxiety, Jake? What is it that you learn in your process when you have, let's say your nerves are on high alert? How do we deal with those things and how do we build confidence from there? Yeah, it's a good eye-opener that it really gives you insight into how your brain works. And if you start to get this rapid onset of anxiety and nerves, for me, that starts a snowball effect. And they sort of build on one another and the thoughts continue to go downhill. And so for my process, step number one is center, breathe. Yeah, that's a good point. So Jake, it reminds me, I talk a lot about my athletes that I work with. And I look for that anxiety so that we can address it and even nip it in the bud when I feel like there's too much anxiety. People in general, I feel, are too hard on themselves, quite honestly. Don't often focus on the positives. They're perfectionists, or I don't think they realize that they are, but being so self-critical is damaging. Yeah, it can even lead to worse conditions later on. Think back when you were a kid and what did you want to be when you grow up? Ooh, I think I wanted to be a doctor. Right? And it it seems like... That didn't work out. (laughs) (laughs) But it didn't work out for a reason. Yeah, I don't think I would be happy. Yeah, it didn't serve your why. It's just when we're kids, a lot of times I think, oh, I'm going to be a fireman or I'm Mm going to... Astronaut. (laughs) Right. So when we look at what keeps us from moving forward, that I think is fear-based and it comes from these anxieties that we either don't realize that we have to the level we have them, and maybe we didn't learn how to deal with our fears and do it anyways. So let's nip that in the bud and let's make a process to our success with some good steps to dealing with our anxiety and to gain some confidence here. So you're saying that these are stemmed from fears, but... Fears of what? We fear the future, Jake. We fear the future, but yet it's imaginary. It hasn't happened yet. Well, speak for yourself. I'm not afraid of anything. <laughs> and yet I know that you are. Jake. Yeah, I'm just kidding. I am. So how do we work on this? How do we get ourselves more present? We don't want to focus on the negatives, the woulda, coulda, shoulda's in our lives. Yet I feel that that sneaks up on us before we know it failure has become something that we fear and we're not going through our challenges anymore we have a false sense of security because we're staying safe and we're stuck in that safe pool where I'm not going to put myself out there, I'm not gonna fail at something, but I'm also just safe in this pool, and that's what I call mediocrity. So now we're just swimming in mediocrity. Taking no chances, everything's gonna stay the same. And you know, if the whole universe worked that way, it would collapse in an instant. So we wanna have maybe some goals for ourselves. We talked about this in our motivation, Monday Motivation, that you should listen to. 
And this is something that we're going to talk about a little bit more again, where you're taking these small task-oriented goals that give yourself a bit of a challenge, something that you're going to reach for, but it's not overreaching. And you're going to put yourself out there a little bit. You're going to get more in a comfortable zone accomplishing these things. But let's take one step at a time until we feel better or more confident about what we're doing. And then let's try to take that next step, go to that next level. But we need to drop the ego, guys. The ego gets involved. And that ego oftentimes is where we're focused on the outcome or how we're going to look doing something. And guess what? Most of the time, people aren't even paying attention to you. Very few people really care what you're doing. If you put yourself out there and you feel like you just look like a fool doing it, really, who cares? Congratulations. Yeah. Welcome to the club. So guess what? The world's best fail more often than they succeed. And... I doubt that they spend much time thinking about what so-and-so judges them on because those people who will judge you, they're usually not doing much themselves. Like, who's judging you in the first place? Who has time for that? Yeah. So even if it's something like that that you're concerned about, I can tell you in my own life, I've had plenty of judgment and criticism and lots of other people that want to lay blame or criticism on me. And I, yeah, sure, sometimes I, it bothers me mm-hmm. to a point, but then I just have to remind myself, like, who who are they? Guess what? They're, they're never people that I respect in the first place because what are they doing? They're in their safe zone, sitting in their, you know, armchair quarterback kind of thing and judging the situation that you're in that they weren't challenging themselves to be in in the first place. Yeah, I always think to myself, whenever I get that same kind of criticism, if it bothers me, I ask myself why, and as soon as I realize that I don't care what they think, it'll go away. The only time that it will stay and continue to give me a little bit of anxiety is if I'm having the same thoughts that they're expressing. Like if I think I did a bad job and they said it, that's when I care. Yeah. How do you see yourself? Right. And this is also, I think, a great thing to discuss. Maybe some people have great friends around them that give them a tremendous amount of support and the culture is just right and everybody's growing and developing and establishing a better platform for themselves to succeed. But oftentimes we do have those criticisms within our own circles. And I think, well, time to get new friends. Yeah, bail. (laughs) Right. Now, sometimes that's family and you can't quite do that. I know there's, I have criticism in my own family and uh, that's tough, right? There's not, you can't always just eliminate yourself entirely from that circle, but you can decide who you're going to listen to, uh, spend time with, really take stock in. And I think that you are the product of your environment there and, and you need to choose wisely. Yeah, and once you find that circle that is more supportive of you, you'll really notice the people who weren't in the past and you've got to get away from that. So you've heard about getting referrals, for example, if you're trying to get referrals in your business 
and you have one satisfied customer, they might tell one or two people, maybe three if you're lucky. But if they're not satisfied, they're going to maybe tell a dozen people. Yeah, just look online. So that is part of what we deal with where there's a lot of criticism, but not a lot of accolades. So I do think it's important that we understand we're not always going to get great feedback and support, but we need to understand our own process and give ourselves some recognition. So that leads us back into the next thing is recognizing what you're doing well and really focusing on the things that you are performing well in. So for example, Jake, I stopped one of my athletes the other day. She was about to do a drill Mm -hmm. and she said, I suck at this. I stopped her. I said, okay, I don't care about, don't go on the next buzzer. I just, we just need to figure this out right now. Why do you suck at this? And really, I already knew the answer, but I needed her to say it. It was that another athlete or a few other athletes in this case beat her in that drill. And I asked her, I said, is the point of these challenges doing these drills, is the point to compare yourself to the other athletes? And of course she could tell what I was getting to. She said, no. So what is the point? Well, the point is that I get better. Okay. So you said you suck at this. Give me three things right now that you can tell me that you're doing well in this drill. And we so rarely do that. Right. And so she thought about it. And of course, I, I'm her coach, so I helped her along a little bit to get her going. I said, for example, you have good stability. You've established good stability in your training progressions. So I know that you're pushing down into the ground well, and you're establishing a good base for this drill. Now take it from there. What else are you good at? She was able to reestablish those affirming thoughts and give herself permission to just go for it and not think about whether or not she got a specific number or if she was as fast as another athlete, et cetera. Now, she didn't end up getting the fastest time that day, but that wasn't the point. The point was that she ended up getting a better time than she had gotten before. And did she notice a switch in the way she was thinking about it? Yes, and she said, Coach, I know that I just got a little bit better And that was the point. And I'm going to really focus on that now because I also reminded her that this other athlete that you really look up to and you have her on kind of this pedestal, I want to remind you that this athlete a year ago was not putting out the numbers she is today. She had to start at a baseline too. And she had lower numbers a year ago. She's just been doing it a little bit longer. And with the right attitude, you will be able to perform at that level too. Yeah, and starting a drill saying, I suck at this, definitely not the way to start. But you hear it all the time, man. I do it all the time. I can't. I won't. I shouldn't. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't. I couldn't. These are a part of our daily self-talk, automatic negative talks that we all have with ourselves. Even now in my life, Jake, I feel that I'm much more confident, much, much further along in my believe to achieve process to success, if Mm -hmm. you will. But I still have negative thoughts. I think positively when I'm thinking. Yeah. It's not always the automatic though. 
I still continue to think I'm not smart enough. I am not good enough. Those thoughts, maybe they're not that severe anymore, and that's also part of the process, but I still have those sneaking little thoughts that come into my mind of self-doubt, and now I'm just more prepared. I have my arsenal. I'm ready to fight that with positive self-talk and also just by doing it. Yeah, we talked a lot about this in our last Wednesday episode. That's number 21 on affirmations. And we talked about the things that I tell myself now and that you tell yourself now. And mine was, oh, yeah, okay, I am capable of this. I just have to get that negativity, shake it out of my head and focus on something positive. Okay, so what if we put ourselves out there and we take a chance, we take a risk, and we try to do something and we still fail? Is our life over? Well, if you're a gambler, it may be. But for the rest of us, I'm not. You do it again. And that's what I try to remind my athletes of. This is not the end of the world if you try to accomplish this and it doesn't work out. You can try again. So stop putting so much weight onto this. Stop being so critical and just give it a go. Make a decision, decide, and then just go. Just do it. You never know if you don't try. Success comes from failing over and over again, yet never giving up. We want to talk about what we can control versus what we can't, Jake. Mm -hmm. So we have a false positive is kind of what I think of. When people choose to control the variables around them, it's usually other people, which creates a false sense of security. We can't control what others do. Those external factors we can't control, but we can control what we do. So let's have a true positive, if you will, and that's where we're going to channel our energy into mastering what we can control. We continue to focus on what we are doing well and see things as happening for us. I am performing dot, dot, dot. What is the skill or the task that you are trying to perform well? Yeah, you talked about that recently with one of your runners who was trying to say, I'm going to win this race. And you said, okay, well, that's not a bad way. That's not wrong to think like that, but you're relying on external factors that are out of your control. Let's let's manipulate this a little bit to put it more into your court, right? Absolutely. If I reach for the stars, but I get to the moon, did I fail? Still pretty cool, right? I'm still getting further ahead. And so that's a win. I just need to look at things differently and see that things are looking good for me. Things are getting better because I am trying. And you know what builds confidence, Jake, is just achieving. Right. So when we achieve even these micro goals or when we just barely reach out of our comfort zone, but we get there, that's an achievement that we need to recognize. But again, we're oftentimes just too critical of ourselves. We're so focused on the negative. Okay. So Jake, to get a true positive, we need to continue to focus on the things we're doing well. We have to get away from being so self-critical. And I do think that this is a huge problem today. I think most of us deal with that. We have unrealistic expectations 
and we're just never happy with what we've accomplished. I know so many very accomplished people that haven't really taken the time to appreciate where they've gotten in life. If I have an athlete that has gotten to a new goal, say they set a new record, what are they told, Jake, especially social media that drives me nuts with all of these motivational, I just watched a YouTube this morning. It was supposed to be motivational, but this runner crosses the finish line or this athlete scores this game-winning point and they say, it's not over, there's a new finish line. There's, there's now a new objective. Well, that's true, but we also need to realize what we just accomplished and take stock in that and take a little bit of time to feel good about what we have done. It seems like we're always just being pushed to the next thing now, and all of the objectives is about what you're not doing. Yeah, that inspiration culture kind of makes me laugh because literally there is no end in sight, and they're just going to continue to raise the bar. I don't think it's healthy, and I understand they're probably trying to reach people who are underachieving and you know pump them up, but no, you can't just keep moving the goalpost. I get what you're saying. Yeah. So Jake, when I have an athlete that is working really hard and every day they're working really, really hard, they're, I mean, they're giving it 100% every single day. That athlete feels like they're on the path that they need to achieve this high-end goal that they have. Okay. But there's oftentimes, if not all the time, just a high burnout rate to that. Again, I think the culture is either you're going to grind it out and do this at a, well, 110%. Well, yeah, there's no inspirational video for your rest and recovery day. Right. And this is also what I feel like life gets like. Like, I should be... Either I'm sitting on the couch and doing nothing, or I'm going to go out there and just 100%, I'm going to go full throttle, and I'm going to attack this thing. What happened to just giving it a good, honest effort, but you're leaving a little bit in the tank? What's wrong with that? Yeah. Yeah. We should make that video, like, really epic music, and then you, like, feeding the ducks at the park, like, (laughs) taking a walk around the lake. Yeah. So, you know, as simple as this uh, is, when I talk about reps, for example, and you talk about perceived effort, well, I oftentimes script out, I want about 80%, like an eight on a PE scale. And every once in a while, we're going to have a planned quality session where we're going to about 90% or 95% of your perceived effort. But that's not going to be as often. And the reason why it's not as often is because I can't realistically expect my athlete to perform at that high of a level every time they come in. Well, life is like that. If I'm always trying to grind it out and I'm always trying to give 100%. I'm really setting myself up for failure. And I know a lot of coaches that think that I'm just not pushing my athletes hard enough. And it just makes me laugh because I think, well, I'm pretty sure that the 
performances that our athletes have speak for themselves. That was the point, wasn't it? To help them achieve these goals, which they did achieve, and yet they can continue and keep achieving and keep growing and keep continuing on to that higher level because we haven't burnt them out, we haven't injured them, and we've only added fuel to the fire. And I think that any goal can be like that. So let's switch over and talk about my business, for example. There was a time that I felt like I had to just grind it out every single day if I was going to make it work. And I had a lot of anxiety. I had a lot of stress around this. I had a huge loan to pay off for all of my equipment. I had trainers that were relying on me so that we had enough business, so on and so forth. So I just worked every day and I would get to the gym at five in the morning. I'd be the first one there and the last one to leave. And I worked every day. And how did you feel about that, Matt? Burnt out. Quickly, I bet. Well, it went on way too long. Yeah. I somehow literally spent three years without a day off. And people think I'm exaggerating, but- He's not. Yeah. My former business manager can testify to that. I didn't miss a day for three years. That wasn't good for anybody. And I almost quit. I felt like a failure. After three years, I couldn't understand why- I didn't have this passion anymore, even though it was something that I loved. And I lost empathy, I lost commitment. I was on this ridiculous path that nobody could possibly keep up with. But I really thought that that is how you became successful. And I wish I knew then what I know now. I made it too hard on myself, I over, deliver more now than I ever have, but yet I'm at 80 to 95%. Most of the time, I would say that I'm at about 90% and I'm leaving a few in the tank, if you will. And that can be for a training session you can think of, or that can be just for my work schedule because I need to be able to do it again the next day. And that is the point. So let's get off of this thought process of extremes. We were talking earlier today, Jake, about nutrition again. Oh, yeah. Right? It comes up a lot. So, Jake, let's talk a little bit about nutrition, for example. This is an example of not going to extremes and what works well. And I'm always preaching this. I've talked about this a lot. You have. We talk about this all the time to our clients. But it's still something that seems like it's in extremes if somebody's going to do it. And, of course, what do we see? We see that they cannot continue it after a few months if they were even able to make it that far. Yeah, we were literally just talking about this over lunch, which is probably what brought it up. You know, we're, we're eating, and so we talk about nutrition because we're like that. But, yeah, I have noticed that in myself, in my friends, and on the Internet all the time people need some kind of spark to get something to change and that spark ends up being this huge burning sun of an extreme that you have to go 100 percent. and so i was trying to think of ways that i do that in my own life and like we've talked about in previous podcasts my workouts had way too high of a volume i was getting all pumped up and motivated but then i would get to the gym and i would do a hundred percent Later in the week, I would get burnt out. I wouldn't go back, and my overall results were lagging because of that extremity. 
you have to be consistent right. with any goal that you have. So if you go in such extremes, you can't stay consistent, that is going to derail you eventually. So, you know, stop it already. This is, I just stop it. I, I talk about this so much that I'm now going into that burnout phase about talking about burning Explaining out. Explaining it. Explaining it. I just, I have this conversation over and over and over again with people and it's always a similar trend that I'm hearing and sometimes it's with the same person but different year and, it, and I love them but then it drives me a little bit nuts because I think to myself, stop it. We've had this conversation so many times and you're still doing the same thing. You're going into an extreme. You can't continue it after maybe few months, if you're lucky, you switch off of it and you finally give in to normalcy or impulses. Or, or worse, and you binge. Yeah. You know, and that's, you. listen, you're human. We're not actually superheroes, right? And this gets back to what did you want to be when you grew up? Well, I wanted to be Batman. I mean, honestly, I, that's really what I wanted to be. I wanted to be Batman. That's a good pick. Yeah. I mean, Spider-Man was cooler, but Batman, fine. Go ahead. Yeah. So Batman... Of course, you know, he's a good looking guy. He had money. He was strong. He was like somehow like the world's best acrobat, or I guess that was Robin really. And at the same time, he was super strong and he was an expert in weapons and, you know, all of these things that I thought, man, that's, that's who I want to be. But in reality, I understand that for me, I am going to be the best version of me I can be and hopefully represent to my young athletes that might look up to me about what a good balance is in life because, you know, Batman isn't super balanced. He's got some issues. I that, think he's you know, got some problems, man. He's got some problems. Uh, so it's not as good as it seems, but uh, it looks good in the comics. So now we go to high performance, but there's many, many paths to mediocrity, Jake, along the way. So how are we going to get to that high performance and get out of that mediocrity? Well, let's stop overanalyzing ourselves. Let's start to think about what we can do. Let's not worry too much about the factors we can't control, especially others. Let's think but not worry. Paying excessive attention to what's wrong only magnifies the problems. We want to recognize what needs to improve, but focus on what we are doing well. We oftentimes have the problem of thinking about what we don't want to happen. Right? All the time. Yeah, like that fear again that we talked about at the beginning. So if you're at you're playing golf, let's say, and there's a sand trap and you don't want to hit the ball into right. the sand trap. Right. You've heard this one, right? Where is it going to go? <clears throat> Nine times out of 10? Right in that sand trap, right? Yep. Because that's the last thing that you focused on. And what we focus on, what we feel, how we react, these are the things that we can control, but we have to change the way that we focus so we want to be able to focus a little bit differently and we got to get rid of the don'ts. We got to get rid of the can'ts. And so this is a good example, fun one I like to do. We just talked about Batman. Right. So Jake, picture Batman in your mind. In fact, everybody mm. listening, just go ahead and picture Batman in your mind. Right. Dark clothes, cape, little bat ears. Got it. Now, don't think about Batman with a mustache. Okay, yeah. I failed. Everybody listening, I'm sure you thought about 
that Batman with a mustache. Yeah. That is the point. If we don't want to think about Batman with a mustache, then we have to replace that thought process entirely. So that's another one, by the way, that uh, he used Mona Lisa in his book in a mustache, but Who that did? I got from that book, The Fearless Mind. Oh, yeah. that We had talked about that one in uh, last Monday, episode 20, Monday Motivation Learning Log. Yeah, so I love that example that he gave, and it just really speaks to my athletes. It gives them something to reflect on, and of course, they end up smiling and realizing how silly it is. It's kind of funny. And so, but it brings a strong point home is it really does matter how we think of things and it matters how we talk to ourselves. So our brain doesn't really recognize the word don't. Yeah. I like how you said you have to replace it. You can't just say, don't do this. Don't think about your money. Don't think about your job because then you're going to, you have to replace it with something else. That's right. So by saying not to do something or don't, it's like programming yourself to do it. So we want to celebrate what's right. We want to learn what we do well so we can improve faster. And controlling what we can control, uh, I think it's um, a good example to bring up about the world's best they tend to have some similar traits here. So a lot of the world's best, they are focusing on what they're doing well. They're mainly focused on their process to success while just recognizing the things that need to improve. But are the words don't or can't in their vocabulary? Well, yes, it sneaks in there, but they're ready for that. And now because we've replaced that negative self-talk, we might want to even replace that negative self-talk with something positive, say, repeating it to yourself three, four, five times in a row. As silly as it sounds, we want to reprogram the way we're thinking because it takes hard work to change our self-talk, but it can happen. And that's where the learning log comes into play because I really believe that that daily reflection and kind of rating yourself, where am I at in this case, we're talking about anxiety and confidence and self-talk. Where am I at with these things today? Well, I'm going to rate myself a three. I had some negative thoughts, which everybody does, but I did affirm some positive thinking. I probably could have done it more. So I'm kind of in the middle right now. I'm at a three, but I can do better. How am I going to do better? Well, let me think about a few things I'm doing well right now. Let me write those things down. I'm going to continue to focus on my process to success and what I'm doing well. And I'm going to focus on that because I am doing really well with a lot in my life. I'm driving the bus. I'm in control. Yeah, man. Yes, you are. So let's press the reset button. That's another good physical cue. I'm actually going over a lot with my athletes right now. So you, everybody has a belly button. I don't. I hope you do. But your belly button is actually where your center of mass is. So between your belly button, and your spine, that is where we teach our athletes. That's where they find their center, right? So if you just tap your belly button with your finger, like it's a reset button, that actually is very empowering. I know it's silly. And you at home might be thinking, this is uh, just, that's silly. I'm not going to do Matt and I both just did it. Yeah, we <laughs> it just kind of funny. 
<laughs> but, and, and again, you notice we're laughing about this. I love it when I get my athletes to laugh about the mustache or laugh when they're tapping their belly button. It might seem silly, but that's actually kind of a good thing where, you know, it takes your mind off of the anxiety. Mm -hmm. You give yourself something to do. But when you do that continuously and you do it repetitively, just by tapping your belly button, and it doesn't have to be your belly button, but I just chose that you're resetting and you are affirming that you are going to change what you're thinking, your thought process like, and you can drive that bus. So using proactive practice, Jake, so we're including these things like logging we've talked about and focusing on the positives and channeling your energy the right ways, that reactive play. And that's where I talk about still have fun with it and laugh about it and even make fun of it. And turning all that into purposeful practice that has focus, that equals less anxiety during our quote unquote competition in our lives, whether that is overcoming anxiety when you're driving the bus and mm -hmm. making good decisions for any goal, or even when it's just dealing with daily anxieties that come up these are small things that add up so we have to recognize that too it's not just for peak performance i think this is something we need to do daily yeah i do these things all the time my reset button is a nice deep belly breath takes about eight seconds and it will completely change my train of thought if it's going downhill and i'm starting to notice more and more negative thoughts nice big belly breath everything's going to be fine yep change the way you think so when I tap my belly button, I am coming up with an affirmation and that right now is in control, ready to roll. Nice. That's the one I use. I'm about ready to race at North Face and I'm constantly just reaffirming that because being in control, ready to roll, that helps me with my thought process as a runner. I wanna roll when I'm running and I'm in control. And so this is something I wanna have repetitively in my affirmations, in my positive self-talk. So it's so automatic, it's more reactive. And while I'm racing, by the way, I can literally tap my belly button if I am starting to feel fear, if I start to doubt what I can do up that mountain, I need to just reset. And you're gonna throw off that guy looking at you next to you. Okay, and that's, I love that, let's finish on this point because as much as I talk about this stuff and as much as I know that people are listening and they have their aha moments, without even realizing it, I was just talking to one of my athletes last week, just before she was gonna compete, it was the night before. And I don't prefer to go through stuff like this last minute with my athletes, but sometimes it's no like choice. necessary, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, she was, she was having a tough time kind of freaking out. And so as I was talking to her, she brought up so-and-so in her competition or a specific time that she needed to be able to get. And again, can you control what your competition is going to do? No. Can you control what the course is going to throw at you? Like you have, for example, a big hill in the middle of that course, and that could be a symbol in life too. You can't control that, but what you can do is you can use the course you can choose to kill the hill. You can now understand that because I've attacked this and I didn't back off, now I can take advantage, let's say, of that downhill that's coming up. Whereas other people behind me have lost confidence, they didn't kill the hill. I have, if anything, 
a little bit more reflection on what others are doing when I am building off of a success, a platform that I've used in that competition and just recognizing again, recognizing that, hey, that worked really well. I can see I've separated myself from the rest, but it's not against so-and-so. It's just this is what's showing me I'm making good progress in this direction. And again, I think that, that analogy can work to anything in life. Because it's more intrinsic, less extrinsic. It's not so dependent on external factors. I also think it is, again, the ego that cares about those external factors. And like one of our earlier steps, you've got to really squash parts of that ego. Absolutely. So just finishing up on, let's take that hill scenario, right? And this could be just a task in life. There's that challenge. And Les Nesbitt, he says, there's no hill for a climber. So be a climber. So be a climber. How many people though, self-sabotage? I just, I'm always, always looking at what it is that keeps my athletes from achieving their goals. And a common thing that comes up is when they're successful, they start to question why. Or, geez, I just got up that hill and I did separate myself from the rest of the competition, but ooh, I better slow down. I must be going too fast. Mm -hmm. Maybe I ran too hard. Mm -hmm. I'm doing too well. Right? So what I do, they slow down. After all that hard work, they can get caught. Now, what was all that for? Anxiety, so anxiety, fear, right? Doubt, all these things creep in. And instead, we need to have that mental flexibility and think about what we just did well, right? What we're doing well now, focusing more, again, maybe intrinsically, getting back to our reset button or breathing techniques or whatever it is that speaks to us, but focus in the moment now. How do I feel now? Because I'm focused on the right things. I'm feeling good. I feel I'm good, I'm doing things well, great. So I can keep moving forward. Why look behind me? Why second guess? Why think that there must be something wrong that I'm up front now, quote unquote, right? Like so, so this is just anything in life where let's not sabotage ourselves either when we reach a success, we can surprise ourselves, but let's not doubt ourselves now. No, now's the time to use it. So a suggestion I would have for everyone listening out there, when you hear this type of podcast, I'm hoping that it helps you. And of course, we're trying to serve you with good, motivational, influential tips to success for your process. But this is something that can be fleeting because we might only absorb 10% of what we're hearing today. So you listening out there, let's wrap this up with an assignment to help you in your process to success. As much as you listened to that spoke to you today, and of course we hope that a lot of this served you well, without taking action on it, we might not move forward with all the information that we wanna remember. So let's do an audio log. Give yourself just a minute. You can give yourself a minute just to speak on the things that reflection on what worked for you, what you listened to, and what you feel like you need to take action on and use that log to start your journey. 
And don't worry, you can lock it if it's going to be embarrassing and you don't want anyone else to hear it. And another action that I hope you take is get in touch with us and tell a friend about the show. You can always send us an email. We love talking to you. It's pendolaproject at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook, so get in touch with us there. And Instagram as well. And if you like the show, please leave a nice little review on your podcast app like Apple Podcasts or a five-star review. Thanks for listening.